0: Hello, 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 hello! What is up, everybody? This is your boy King Most, and my man John Reyes, riding shotgun. This is, of course, opening set podcast. As always, enjoy the podcast. Tell your friends, share it on social media. You can find this on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, wherever. We really appreciate that. You can also find me, King Most, on Instagram and Twitch under Hey King Most, Bandcamp under Just King Most. Find my man John Reyes Monday through Friday, nine to eleven on Twitch under Stank Palmer. Also on Bandcamp under John Reyes. That's spelled J-O-N-R-E-Y-E-S, by the way. I sometimes don't forget, so <laughs> that's why I had to mention that. This is our second episode that we recorded on Squadcast. So the sound may be a little, uh, you know, a little iffy at times. I think it's fine, but, you know, that's just me. And today's very special guest is our man from the U.K., the one and only Mr. Complexion, actually just Complexion, but he's a he's a mister. He definitely deserves that respect from us. He's a veteran UK DJ toured all over the world, US, Australia, um, Europe, name it. As Little Sims' is DJ, he's done Scratches on Blue Lights by Georgia Smith, been on Boiler Room a few times, and he's also, also, also in charge of the very awesome, the very amazing, long-running Future Beats show. We chatted about a lot of things, but one of the things I really, really liked was his take on authenticity.
1: My whole approach to things has always been, if you try to stay as natural as possible and people like you for being you, then whatever you decide to do next, people will follow you. If you put on an act or you pretend to be something you're not, that can be snatched away from you just like that.
0: The reason why I love that, because he gave us a really clear definition. Authenticity is a word that gets thrown around But what does it mean, especially in the year 2020 as we're all trying to figure out what are we doing? What are we doing with this Twitch thing? What are we doing with our careers? What are we doing as people? What are we doing doing as a nation? It's a lot of what ifs. So it's good to kind of get some type of form to it. In addition to authenticity, we talk about what it means to be a futurist, the definition of future beats and music, being a Muslim DJ traveling from the UK to the United States and other parts of the world, as well as his influences growing up. I love this conversation because he was so, so optimistic. And it wasn't this blind and naive optimism. It made sense, you know, also knowing that he's had a lot of tragedy in his life. He deals with the pressures of being a Muslim DJ, a Muslim individual, I should say, but he still marches forward and there was no cynicism or bitterness to his tone or his conversation. It was like legit an awesome, lovely time talking with him. For I think we went for like an hour and a half, two hours. So it it was just it was just a really pleasant surprise. And I hope you feel the same way listening to it and to learn more about our man in the UK, Complexion. He goes by Complexion on all socials, on Twitch, The Future Beach Show, and hopefully you'll be able to see him in a country very, very soon. All right, here we go. Opening set, season four, episode two, King Most, John Reyes, and yourself. Be well, take care of yourself. See you next week, bye. What is up, everybody? Hello, hello, welcome to opening set. This is your boy, King Most. As always, riding shotgun is my man, John Reyes, AKA Stank Palmer. Yeah, this is uh, season four, episode two. We're kind of doing this uh, live via remote. Usually we have guests face-to-face, but obviously because of COVID and a lot of other reasons, we're going to do this via squad cast. Today's very special guest is our dude from the UK. Give it up for our man Complexion. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. What's good? What's good? What's good?
1: I must say, man, season four is when TV shows normally get really good. So I'm kind uh, of excited you. that I'm <laughs> on the uh, the episode yeah. so i in a good season
0: what are some good tv shows that have kind of like hit the stride in season four or beginning
1: uh, what, 24 i'm a big fan of okay. okay homeland has been amazing uh-huh uh what else what else is really good scrubs scrubs, <laughs> scrubs has been very good at season four uh simpsons Curve. yeah i
0: was gonna say simpsons
1: yeah man yeah. simpsons i think was peak four or five season yeah Maybe six and seven as well yeah
0: season yeah. four i would say seinfeld as well but uh seinfeld yeah, I'm, I'm very partial to that show. And I can honestly say the first few seasons were really kind of awkward and painful. Then they got really good. So they thank you for bad. that.
1: It hit yeah. the stride don't they that's the
0: main thing they got comfortable they said fuck it Let's just I'm not saying forward.
1: that your other shows weren't good I'm not saying that <laughs> I'm just saying that now it's hitting the stride which is great
0: yeah that's that's what we want to hear for we want to hear you shout with compliments and praises so <laughs> uh, yeah thank you for doing this the time zone difference is uh, also something to note it is 3 o'clock or midday over here and it is 11 at night so yeah it's just
1: about to hit midnight actually but the thing is is I'm on LA time at the moment anyway so it's cool oh why is that uh, I guess COVID <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, you're on LA time. Okay.
1: Yeah, so I'm just like, you know, getting up every day later and later um, and just doing, I do most of my good work at night anyway. I mean, most of us do, right?
0: I think, uh, I don't know. I like to wake up early. It's a habit I picked up while going to college. Okay. And it's something I just can't shake off. So I like to start the day early, wake up, emails, start working on music, workout, things like that. And uh, But I'll I'll work all straight to
1: the day. See, for me, I think it's because most of my clients are either America or Asia. So I have to you know, be up late for that. But also, I really like the idea of me working when there's no one else around. I kind of like that isolation, if that makes sense.
0: Were you? Uh, I, I'm asking, are you a club DJ? Or you oh, you- yeah.
1: So um, the radio stuff is great, um, but unfortunately, it doesn't pay enough that I can live off of it. So club DJing is something I've been doing for a very long time. And I still do it because it's a great way to get paid. And to keep doing what I do as well.
0: Yeah, one thing funds the other thing.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So
0: a lot of our guests, they're you know their guests have traveled the world, but they're all born in the United States or you know Los Angeles or New York. So we're kind of familiar with their influences or their inspirations. But for me, honestly, I don't really know much about like the influential
1: UK DJs or mm-hmm. maybe
0: some UK DJs that got you into this whole thing.
1: I mean, so when it comes to this whole Future Beats thing, um, that was more people in America and everywhere else. But before this. Uh, Growing up, there were some amazing DJs in the UK. One of my favorites was a guy who's not with us anymore, unfortunately, a guy called DJ Swing. Um, He was part of a crew called the Boogie Bunch, and this guy was one of the best DJs in the UK. You ask anyone over 30 in the UK, and they'll all, especially in London, and they'll tell you about DJ Swing. He was incredible, and very luckily, before he passed, I managed to DJ with him uh, a couple of times. And yeah, he was just such a great DJ. I remember listening to him on radio. He was one of the people that I would listen to his mixes, record them on cassette tape. And then the way I learned to DJ was to work backwards. So I'd be like, how has he made that scratch sound? What's he doing? So I'd visualize, okay, he's clearly doing this with the record. And then I tried to emulate that working backwards, if that made sense. Um, So my style is really much based on swing and Funkmaster Flex. Those are two DJs. That if you listen to my R and B hip hop stuff, you'll notice the influences. I mean, Funk Flex doesn't scratch as much as he used to, but my style is really much based on those two guys. So DJ Swing for sure. Um, we have like a bunch of really dope hip hop cut DJs. I mean, DJ Woody is amazing. We have Mighty Atom. We have JFB, who's incredible scratch DJs. We have a lot of house DJs, jungle DJs as well, of course, reggae dub stuff. You know, that's all huge over here. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because over here, like. I was talking to John prior, like, oh, who would be an influence for someone like Complexion? And I'd be like, oh, you know, maybe Benji B or like the Scratch Perverts. But yeah, it's kind of worth saying off camera that America is so insular. We don't let a lot of information in when it comes to music. So
1: I understand though, because you guys have done so much. So why would you, you know, like it, it makes complete sense when there's so much going on in one place, you wouldn't really care about what's going on somewhere else because there's so much happening. I mean, Hip hop was made in America you know, I mean, dance music, house music, as we know it, Detroit, you know, Chicago, like that's where it comes from. So why would you turn somewhere else? I mean, I get that, but I, like we said off camera, I think now people are opening up a lot more now because now I hear the UK garage sound is like traveling around the world, which is crazy to me again as well.
0: Yeah, well, I want to kind of circle back a little more to like your early years. So you started around what age as, as a DJ? <laughs> uh,
1: started at 16. Uh, and I wanted to impress a girl in high school, as we say, secondary school. So I was a major, major dweeb in school. I used to read comic books, play video games, and it wasn't cool back then like it is now. So I would genuinely get bullied for reading comics and stuff. And um, I had a crush on this girl, and I wasn't going to impress her with my Spider-Man comics. So one day I was sitting next to her in a maths class, funnily enough, and she said to me, oh, my cousin's a DJ. It must be so amazing to be a DJ. I turned around and was like, I'm a DJ. And I'm not even joking. That's how I started. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, my mom, can I get turntables? Can I please get this? And the thing was around about this time, my father had just passed away. So my mom kind of wanted to keep me happy. So she was kind of like, if I get him stuff like that, he'll, you know, hopefully. One go off the rails, basically, you know. Uh, so yeah, I had a pair of pro 150s. I don't even know who makes them, but they were just like a 122nd startup time, the belt drive turntables. And I started off with them. And I used to play a lot of basketball. So what happened was, at one point, I was like, I want to study, but I can't pursue basketball and DJing, so what can I do? So I thought, I'm not going to make it as a basketball player. It's not going to happen. I been <laughs> you,
0: you played like that. You thought you were going to go pro. Yeah, I was
1: going to study. Whatever happened, I was going to study. And then I thought somehow I thought maybe I'd go pro. I don't know. I wasn't that good, but I thought in my head, I was like, yeah, I could go pro. Like maybe I can, <laughs> you know, how uh, tall
0: are you? Let's just say i
1: six, three.
0: Oh, okay. So, you so did, like, I a, guess a, a point guard,
1: but maybe. here's the problem. Uh-huh. I played as a power forward, but I'm a point guard size. Okay. It's just because a lot of people around me, they weren't very tall. So if I went to America, I would be point guard size, but my handle wasn't great. However, my whole style was based on Rodman, so I was that guy when it comes to rebounding and defensive. I was that dude. Wow,
0: and you gave this all up for a girl or for DJ? Or I don't...
1: Well, hey, listen, man, look, we're here now because of this, so <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. That's you true, know. but you, you could be, you know, hanging out uh, as a possible ending I mean, pick, you know. I
1: highly doubt it, but hey, in my head, you never know, it could happen. I think there's one guy, I think when I was younger, there was one dude who played for maybe the Suns, I'm not sure. But he was like half British, so he wasn't even like fully British. But no, I think the whole thing was back then, I probably would have paid for like a European team or something. But I just figured, look, I haven't been playing for a long time. I don't think it will happen. So I thought, stick with music. So then I stopped for two years and I picked it back up again when I was 21. So 21 to now, just been DJing. Did you sell the Pro 150s? Oh, or? I moved up. Yeah, I moved up to a pair of Sound Lab. I think they were DL or DSP3s which was slightly better. And then eventually I got myself a pair of 12 tins, which I still have now.
0: Yes, yes. What
1: mixer? Oh, so Vestax 05.
0: Okay, because you're a hip-hop DJ, then, basically. Of yeah, course. you went to the ITF
1: in London or something. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah I was yeah, that okay. guy. Yeah, 100% I was that guy, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, DJ yeah. Dan Greenpeace and all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> See, I know about that because I just, when you said I was a big nerd dweeb in high school, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, fuck, I do a DJ podcast. I mean, how, yeah, how much, yeah. is, I mean, that's not going to be surprised. you put two and two together that I was a nerd in high school. But I was... Kind of a cool nerd, but...
1: woman, well, I feel like when it comes to nerds now, it doesn't have the negative connotation that it used to have. Now it just means you're really into something. So you can be a nerd about makeup and it's like, cool. It's funny because all the people that used to bully me in school for liking Spider-Man, I know their kids and are running around in Spider-Man PJs. And they're
0: like, yo, <laughs> can you give me a shout out on your show? Or can I get deathless? Yo,
1: I've, yeah. I've had that from people. I'm like, hey, aren't you the guy that used to be racist to me and like bully me and stuff? Like, I ain't getting you guesses for shit. <laughs> like, Or oh, you can come. And did get to the door and the names are on the door. I oh, mean, man. I might have, or might not have done that. I'm not saying anything. I'm not, I'm not confirming or denying anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. I dealt with that shit a lot in my high school. I went to a very affluent private school. Okay. And it was most like white and like the dad went there and then the older mm-hmm. brother. So I was like, I had no connection in history with the school. So I definitely got a lot of slack from that. And yeah, I would see these same dudes at parties or then get to hip hop and be like, Hey man, like, it's like, yeah, weren't you the same thing, man? Yeah, weren't you yeah. the guy that would say a bunch of racist shit to me? This,
1: this is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm T-Total. I mean, or straight edge, as you guys say.
0: Oh, you don't drink or smoke? No, you? drink or smoke. Oh, or nothing okay. at all.
1: I remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> you say the T-Total? No, T-Total. T-Total. Yeah, okay. T-E-E, then hyphen total.
0: I don't know why I do this, but I love sprinkling random like English slang in my oh, know, I okay. love that
1: man. No, it's amazing when I hear it. When I when I even when I was in New York, it was actually really funny. When I was in New York in September, Top Boy had just come out on Netflix, the new season. So I went to CVS and I was talking to my booker who was with me. And the girl behind the till goes, oh, Why are you talking with the accent for? And I'm like, I've just binge watched all three seasons of Top Boy. This is how I talk now. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you don't make a joke yeah. of it, otherwise you it just <laughs> be like. But it's just so funny to me. I mean, because I'm not from here. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean? yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> I say, the one I like to say, I just say get amongst it as well. Wow. Uh, that's
1: not something you guys say in the States?
0: Get amongst it? No. Yeah. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. My friend, Ben, uh, he's also a really good record collector and DJ. I guess his family is, is British and they would say, oh, get amongst mm, it. And okay. Then, and then, you know, cue like you're in line. <sighs> I, yeah. talk with people. I think it's to say that I just like, just like to throw people off. Like, oh, yeah. I Is said that
1: at Denver Airport. I think I had a connecting flight to San Francisco. I had a breakdown in the airport, man. Like, because I think that was the last flight for a while because I had been traveling so much. And then I was just hungry. I was tired. But I was so out of it. And the airport's so depressing. Like, it's just gray. And, just, and I ordered some food and I had this really bad, like, chicken Caesar salad. I don't know what it was, but it just made me just. I, Started like bursting out into tears, man. I had a real oh breakdown. I think everything had just hit me constantly. And then having that bad Caesar salad was just a, the a, last thing. thing. The last yeah. thing. That yeah. I felt great afterwards, though. I was so happy to leave that place. But I said to the woman behind the tour, I was like, yo, where's the queue? She's like, oh, like, oh my about the line. Where's the line start? You know?
0: And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, it's all the way down there. But you
1: know what's crazy though? They were I remember because the flight was delayed. They were giving people like 2000 dollars to not get on that plane. Oh, sure. And I was like, no, oh, no, get me on that plane. I'm leaving. I'm not staying in Denver. No way. I'm not staying it. I would have stayed. But yeah, your, like, your no, case is a lot different than, than mine. Yeah, one. I was like, get me out of here, man, please.
0: Well, now that we're talking about that, and I mentioned earlier that a lot of our guests, you know, they're from the States, and I'll ask them about like traveling, you know, to other parts the world I think uh, actually in our first episode we had Jay Spinoza, who great DJ won- yeah awesome DJ in, in front mm-hmm. of the show he just came back from his first tour after the Red Bull battle okay he was kind of sharing all the little tips and tricks and things he does and mm-hmm. what he kind of feels and what he misses and he doesn't for you when you travel to the states or other places like what are your some tips and things you kind of do the noise cancelling carry?
1: headphones 100% okay. like you need them um, I've got a pair of Sennheiser Momentums and they're amazing I sit on the plane with just the noise cancelling on. No music. It's the best feeling. But also, stay hydrated. Like That's so important, man. Just make sure that you're always drinking. And don't drink any tea or coffee on the plane. Because the water on the plane that they make that with, you, it's nasty. You don't want it. Trust me. Don't ever have tea or coffee on the plane. Um, but no, stay hydrated, noise cancelling headphones. And um, it sounds really obvious, but get there on time. Because the last <laughs> thing you want to do is running through the airport. Now, imagine, I'm 6'3", I'm a Pakistani Muslim from the UK. Me running to the airport, I'm going to get stopped. I, I get stopped every airport I go to. every single Before I go on any plane, everything else. Because my full name is Saeed Zaman Abbas. Now, Zaman is my, my government name. is my family name. However, Saeed, supposedly what the airport lady told me, was a name that comes up on the terrorist database. So everywhere I go, I get stopped. i imagine I got stopped coming back into the UK. And I, as we say in the UK, I switched on the woman, I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, yeah, the name is known for like terrorist I don't know, connotations or whatever. And I was like, so if I change my name to like David James, I'm good. She goes, yeah. I'm like, do you know how ridiculous that sounds? So I have to get to the airport at least an hour earlier than I should be just because I'm gonna get stopped.
0: Wow, see, yeah. you know it's so funny? Like a lot of DJs complain like, oh, I'm in the middle, the middle seat. Or, oh, no, oh, no. like no, I'm, I'm going to get to crop out. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, 100%, so.
1: yeah. I mean, when I left to go to my last US tour, I got stopped three times before I even got on the plane in London wow my own i said to the guy i live near the airport i was like dude if you look through the window i live there (laughs) like literally you can see where i live and it was so funny because when i got through passport control i'm walking like to the left and the security guy's kind of walking towards me like this trying to intercept me and i start getting more and more left and he's still trying to intercept me and it's and it's it's just like i don't know man but i mean what can i say there's nothing much i can really say right I think that to me is really important to <laughs> get to the airport early so I don't miss my flight
0: yeah i mean if, if I could kind of you know take a, a sharp left to the turn of being Pakistani and mm-hmm. also being a hip hop d j in London like there's definitely discrimination for sure uh, of you know, we we have like you know these kind of dress codes that are very coded language, like no baggy pants oh, and no. Of course. Yeah. and then it, I was kind of wondering about what's club culture like in the u k but in Simply to this, we're talking about discrimination and being at the door and also being a Pakistani.
1: I mean, so the thing was growing up, being a hip-hop DJ, I wouldn't get booked at the hip-hop parties because people would say, you're not black, so we don't want to book a non-black DJ. And then all the bottle service clubs, which are rich white dudes, they wouldn't book me because I was brown. So the only way I thought I can get booked is if I get really good. So I started scratching, learning how to do this, learning how to do that, because if I get really good, people will book me. But now, I mean, what's, just to fast forward quickly now, now I think clubbing's definitely in a much better place. But however, back then, there were a few people that I worked for. There's a company I worked for called Scintillate. They were one of the first companies in London. So the owner was um, a model and he would bring all the models out to to party. Then he would be like, oh, I may as well just start throwing my own party. So eventually I started working for them. And um, when I worked working in the office, they would have on a notepad, we don't want no more Asians, no more black or Chinese people are okay for this club. And the one thing they'd say to me, which I'll never forget, is they'd say to me, we only want nice names on the guest list. And I'm like, what do you mean nice names? And what they always mean, English sounding names.
0: Wow. wow, the David James you were mentioning earlier, the whole TSA thing. Yeah, they wow. things like that. You know,
1: So that's how it was. And it's, the bottle service clubs, to a degree, are still like that. No, actually, they are, I'm not even lying. Like, they are like that still. Now, as you know, the bottle service clubs, they pay very well. And the funny thing is, they play black music, but they don't let black people into the club hmm.
0: hmm. You Man, know, it's so funny. Like, I want to say I'm surprised, but I'm not. No, of course not. No, no, you're, Because it's like in, yeah.
1: in America. Yeah. 100%. Of course. I mean, yeah. I have friends that fly over to play some of the bottle service clubs on the West Coast, and they tell me it's the same thing. But the great thing now is there's a whole generation of kids that are growing up without that prejudice. So they're throwing block parties. They're throwing... I mean, what's happening is there's a place called Shoreditch. I am not know if you're familiar or not. Yeah, um, we know. On, I yeah. love it. Yeah, I mean, I hate it now because it's super gentrified. It's like being in Williamsburg. That's okay. literally what it's like. However, there's some really great venues there and they throw some great parties. There's one of my favorite parties I DJ at DJ is There's a party called Living Proof.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. With Khalil.
1: That's it. Yeah, with Khalil, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: and... Um, Snips, uh, Raj, Snips. and budgie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I I,
1: um, played with them a few times and that's a great party. You have like 800 people, all colors race, whatever, everything, just having fun, enjoying themselves to good music. And that's what we need more of. However, the bottle service clubs will always exist and there'll always be that racism at the door. That's always going to be there because people want to get into these places for some weird reason. I don't understand why.
0: It's interesting we're talking about The identity of clubs right now, because clubs, at least, I don't know what the situation is where you're at, but over here, they're done. Like, they're closed. Same. And to be honest, I don't know which ones are going to be around bottle service or non bottle service. And on top of that, I kind of felt like the idea, the concept of bottle service was like very, was dwindling.
1: Um, I mean, the the thing with being in London is, especially in uh, the West End, which is like the central part of London, you know, near Kensington, you have loads of very rich people who want to go out and spend money just to show up. That will always exist. You know, in Kenya, we have such a huge Arabic community there. And these guys, you know, have so much money. They just want to come and drop money. Yeah, just keep dropping money. So I think clubs in that sense will always exist because there will be people that want to live that lifestyle. There will be people that will spend a quarter or a half of their pay packet just to act like they've got lots of money on the weekend. which I'll I'll never understand.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could live it up at a fraction of that price at all.
1: But I mean, people want it with the one, you know, and as I get older, I just don't judge. I'm just like, listen, if you're not hurting anyone and you're having fun, then you do you. Like, Mm -hmm. that's cool.
0: Okay. You know, I want to also kind of dart back to something about being Pakistani and being a hip hop DJ. Was there a stigma within your community of being, well, why are you playing black music? Why are you doing?
1: No, not at all. Um, Because black culture has always been cool. Like, it's been amazing, you know, like growing up, like fashion, music, everything. It's incredible. Why wouldn't I want to be a part of that culture? I know my family, I mean, I grew up uh, what we call a council estate, which I kind of guess you guys probably call projects, I guess, Um, like the high rise buildings. Like, you know, Top Boy, that's kind of where I grew up. So I had friends from all over, Nigerian, Ghanaian, West Indian, uh, you know, Indian, everything. So my house would just have all kinds of people in. So my family would never, it would never be a thing like, you know, be scared of black people or don't do this, don't do that. Because it sounds cliche, but we just didn't see it that way, you know, growing up. It was just, Your literal neighbors, like, yeah. Literally, yeah, literally our neighbors, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, music was just music. It was never really a thing like that. And my uncle, he was always big into music back in Pakistan. He was part of a pretty big band out there. And he was like a road manager for a lot of people, really connected. I mean, he's the guy that used to be part of like a big group, but settled down and had a family. So all the musicians talk about him. Like, oh, you don't know how sick he was, but he's just here with four kids now, you know. So I think he said things to my mom as well. You know, because I think the big worry was when my dad passed away, what I was going to do. Is he going to be okay and whatever? And the fact is I just, yeah, just stuck with music. I studied and then money started coming in from music. So I've been DJing professional four times since I was 21. So for the longest time... Money's been coming in for music. So I guess if I can pay my bills, then great. I mean, the funniest thing is, is um, obviously because I'm straight edge, I've never smoked, never drank or anything. My friends who would come out with me because they knew I was like the, the good boy of all, like the, all the aunties knew me as the good boy. So everyone would say, yo, I'm a Zaman. I'm with, I'm going out with him. So then their parents would call my mom and be like, yo, where's our son? He said he was a And My mom was like, well, Zars in bed sleeping. I don't know where your kids are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like <laughs> so I was always the scapegoat for things like that because everyone knew I was a nice kid, you know, like I was always that kid. But yeah, it was never a thing for me. I, I can see for some people maybe it might have been like why are you playing black music and this and this, but never a problem for me at all. Yeah.
0: As long as you're safe, you're studying and, and after you make an income. Yeah, that's something yeah, that's something I've talked to other guests like DJ Toy and, and other people I talked to. Once your parents start seeing like, oh, like you're actually traveling or you're getting checks. It's like, okay, this is something that we don't have to worry about. Yeah. And as long as there's, okay, this per- our child is not a complete idiot. It has a
1: plan B. I, I think I had that at one point where they, you know, my mom and my uncle, they were a bit worried about like me, doing this stuff. But then, like I said, when the money started coming in and then, you know, bookings started going overseas and then radio stuff started happening and things, it kind of became a bit, okay, cool, you know. And the thing was, they've never doubted me. I mean, you know, growing up in a Muslim household, we don't drink alcohol or anything, you know. So they never, my mom never once thought I was doing anything. It's still, to me, it's so funny how I'm the only person in my group who doesn't smoke or drink. But yeah, everyone assumed I did because of <laughs> my of life. Life. Yeah, yeah. 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 My mom would just be like, no, you know, he doesn't do anything. So no. it's cool. You know, He's
0: focused on his music yeah, that's and his it.
1: basketball career. <laughs> yeah, well, non-existent. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, One day, you never know. They might call you. The way they're yeah, putting it, a pause on the NBA, they might just start calling random people. But like, I can Yo. have my moment. Yo, that was yeah, so exactly.
1: Sick, can you imagine? Like, if, on each team, they had one normal person. Yo! <laughs>
0: Let's petition, let's call, let's call up somebody. John, you're the Sacramento Kings guy. Maybe you can talk to them. I know some people at the, the Golden State Warriors organization. We can, let's just pull up resources and be like, listen, dude, hit up Adam, as I like to call him.
1: You know? You're like, yeah, I've got a, I've got a great idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I know a guy, I know a guy. So you mentioned the whole radio thing. And then, so you're on show 242, I think. or 43, just, 243. just happened, yeah. Okay. Going back and your show is, like you said earlier, the top is like going for six years. Mm-hmm. And when I listen to the new shows and I go do like a, a deep dive six years ago, I thought there was going to be this, like, this nervous kind of quirky voice, <laughs> but you sounded... <laughs> From the get, like super professional. Do you have like a background in radio? Well, no, or, no, or no or the funny thing is, or what's up?
1: I sound way more hype on the first show than I do now. Now, I kind of sound like how I sound now because a lot of people don't think this is my real voice. They think I'm putting something on. No, 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 this is how I talk. But when you listen to the first show, I'm like, yo, what's good? This is the future beat show, let's go. And it's kind of like I'm, I'm, pronoun- I'm presenting the show like that and then I'm playing something super chill. It just didn't work. <laughs> so I think over time, I've definitely found a way to present the show but no it never had a background uh, at all in in radio anything I think for me my whole and and I'm sure we'll get into this but my whole approach to things has always been if you try to stay as natural as possible and people like you for being you then whatever you decide to do next people will follow you if you put on an act you pretend to be something you're not that can be snatched away from you just like that and this is what happens. I mean, when I started doing a future beat show, I've seen so many people, so many people copy exactly what I'm doing. I mean, even down to the marketing in terms of the space stuff and everything else. Now, I don't own space. I'm not saying that. It's not mine. <laughs> but what I mean is when it's like pretty much an exact copy of what you're doing, it's kind of like, yo, dude, what are you doing? You know, I mean, there's literally a guy out there who's named this show. Like it, my show is called the future beat show. He's changed one word in that. And put your show out. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'm not going to give him any promo. (laughs) You guys can figure it out. But it's like, dude, come on. I mean, even the artwork, it's just like astronauts and stuff. I'm like, bro, come on. You know what I mean? Like, if you're just you, then no one can copy you because you're you. Like, how I am on radio is exactly how I'm in real life. Like, genuinely. Like, if you listen to the show, what do I talk about? Space, green tea, video games. Yeah. Pretty much three of my four favorite things.
0: You know? Yeah, on your Discord, there's memes, there's sneakers, <laughs> yeah, ethnic, also, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, which is all kind of like linked together. Yeah, because yeah, I thought, you know, because obviously, like, you know, artists and, and just like radio shows, they start one way and, and they end another way or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really appreciate the consistency. Is that maybe. I don't want to like lead the question, but do you think um, with your show kind of growing, is consistency a a big part of that or uh, yeah, fill me in on that. Let me, let me. How do you mean
1: consistency? I mean, do you mean um, the fact that I'm just keep going? Like I just want to keep going. Like, how do you, do you mean by that? Well, in terms of like a sound, you know, like time wise, Uh, things like that. I mean, the reason I called it the future beat show was because to me, it's not a sound it's to me it's a stuff that sounds like it's from the future so that could be anything you know like we can switch over to house to jungle to anything so for me i called it that because i wanted to keep going with this because for me I, i'm a futurist so I'm, I'm a you know i'm really excited about where we're going to be going in 10-15 years so music of course it's amazing like i wonder what the sound is going to be like in 10 years and for me i just want to kind of jump ahead and just kind of on it early if that makes sense so um in terms of musically i'll always keep changing so i don't want to be trapped in one thing which i think is really helpful with the consistency because if i was playing what i was playing six years ago people aren't making the sound anymore so i think with this way i can always keep it moving forward if that makes sense
0: yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we just want to ask because when I'm doing flyers or telling friends like, oh, what are you guys playing tonight? Like, oh, mm. we're hip-hop, R&B. And I kind of say, you know, like yeah. sound cloudy stuff. Yeah. And, and, and some people say, yeah, future beats, future R&B, future house. And we're always trying to figure out like, how can we kind of like describe this sound? And I think yeah. you're, you're, what you said was like how I would describe it. It's very like- yeah, I mean,
1: you know what I say? I say it's the most organic sounding electronic music you've ever heard. hmm that's okay. it. That's that's how I present it to people. You know.
0: Do you say organic because it's made just by people without referencing it, just doing what's in their head and putting out? This is it or?
1: because what's happening now? You've got kids that are 12, 13. They get given a MacBook or a PC or anything, and they're like, right, make music, and that's it. You know. Whereas with me, I grew up on Premiere, RZA, the Neptunes, Just Blaze. You know, um, if I produce, I'm going to sound like those guys, which is why I don't produce. Because that's what I've been influenced by growing up. Whereas you've got young people now who are, they don't have none of the influence. They are literally just, this sounds cool and they're putting it out. And that's what I love. You know, if you listen to a lot of SoundCloud stuff, you probably notice this the DJs. You have people making remixes and they put the acapella on the same BPM, but the wrong bar. And I'm like, yeah. if, you just, if you just nudged it one bar forward, it'd be perfect. Yeah. You know, but again, it shows you that they don't know what they're doing in that sense. They are literally like, cool, it's the same BPM, let's go with it. You know, yeah,
0: You know, uh, I like that you're very positive about that because that's something that I know that other DJs I've seen would just rant about like, oh, it's off beat or it's off account. The beat is too blown out or whatever. <clears throat> but I think that's the way you see it. It's like, yeah, this is someone's like natural yeah. journey. This is it. You know, like, um,
1: look, shout yeah. out to a listener of the show, uh, Yulia. She said something to me the other oh, day. Oh, yeah, because, Yeah, Yulia. She said, um, let's focus on what we love rather than what we hate. And to me, you know, if you're not giving these kids any direction, then of course they're going to do things like this, you know. And I, I happily tell people like, "Hey, if you did this, just to let you know, DJs probably would play it more." And they're like, "I don't really care about DJs." I'm like, "Cool, that's fine. You do you." I'm just saying, if you need advice, mm-hmm. I'll be here. Do
0: you get you know a mentor or somebody to kind of bounce ideas off as in your DJ career as well as with the the radio show?
1: I mean, no, not really. I mean, that was why I want to help people is because no one helped me at all no one gave me any opportunities uh, no one would help out with music or if they did they were trying to take advantage i mean uh, there was one dj i remember and um he was djing in a club and he was doing the warm-up set so this is a long time ago and i helped him carry his records to the club mm-hmm. and then i wasn't allowed into the club um because i was underage but he was like he could have easily said look he's with me etc cetera, etc cetera. but he left me there I literally caught I like an hour and a half train an hour train and then a bus and then I'm just waiting there in central London by myself at what like 17 just waiting there and I'm like what do I do you know and then I just end up like jumping on a bus home so I've had plenty of stories like that I've had people around me my last manager was taking advantage of the situations um, for example like I get booked somewhere and he would say in the rider that he has to get booked and DJ the warm up set as part of the deal. And then I never found this out until afterwards I looked at old emails and looked at the thread. I was like, Oh right. This is why these people aren't calling me back. So yeah, I've always had that. And I've made it very clear that I want to do the complete opposite. I want to help out as many people as I can, because to be honest, people remember when you helped out and reached out. The biggest problem I have is that most people just say to me, Hey, can you repost my song? And that's it. You know, that's what I'm like, but think bigger than that. Like, If I repost your song, fine, you may get some more plays. But then what's going to happen after that? Nothing. You know, why don't we sit down and work out a plan for you?
0: You know? Wow. That's, yeah, I I really like that because I think a lot of DJs, and I'm guilty of it too. Like, I'll send music to somebody and like play it. But then is what you just said is thinking a lot bigger. And has there ever been a time that someone's reached out to you and you've been like, ah, you get it? And what was was something that him or they or she Um, was was
1: mentioning? Oh, let's see. I mean, most people seem to be very open when I give them advice. I mean, I've had a few people to send me like links. There's not even hello. And I'm like, it's just a link. And if if someone does that, I normally straight delete the email. I don't even have time. If you don't even have the decency to say hello and introduce yourself, I'm not going to listen to your music. And then one day I think I was like, right, I'm going to tell this person. It's like, hey, dude, listen, if you want to do this, try X, Y, Z is like cool, okay, I'll send it to you right now. It's just a shame his music sucked. But <laughs> <laughs> um, he had the, the best intentions. But most people, like, I mean, I've, I've had it with a few people when we've gotten to a bit of back and forward on Twitter. I mean, if you look on Twitter, you will probably see me not arguing with someone, but kind of having a disagreement with someone about this kind of stuff. But... Um, There's a few DJs, especially on my last tour, especially in San Francisco when I did the first air party. There were a few people that were there, and they all sat down with me, had a conversation, and they listened to everything that I said. And Yeah, a lot of them are doing okay now. I mean, my advice isn't the best advice in the world, but I'm like, hey, it got me this far, so I'm hoping it will help you out as well. No, that's
0: great. Yeah, so if I had a bullet point, like a simple tack, just like, hey... Send a hello with links.
1: Well, I mean, I just say, look, I say, if you're going to send a link to someone, first of all, say hello, introduce yourself. It's not difficult to be like, hey, I'm so-and-so from this place. Here's my new song. Um, streaming and downloadable links and also have a PDF, uh, a one sheet. That's very important to have a one sheet because if I decide to play it, or because I, I have people, well, I know people that work on some of the biggest stations in the U.K., I'm not saying I can make you a star, but I can definitely help get your music into the right hands. So, if you've got everything ready, I shouldn't have to be emailing you back and forward. The first email should have everything I need on there. I shouldn't have to reach out to you again. You know,
0: Unless you're saying thank you or yell, yo, this is amazing. We're, yeah, but uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's exactly. It. And that's all it needs to be done. So, I mean, it's not difficult. A streaming and downloadable link, introduce yourself and a one sheet. And you'll be surprised how many people don't even do that.
0: Wow. You know what's so funny? Cause like, yeah, somebody that's been given, <laughs> that's been given music and sent music for the long I remember, like that PDF thing has never, never dawned on me. Mm. But yeah, that little thing you mentioned seems so minute, yeah. was such a big thing. Of course. I remember someone asked me like, Hey, I don't know you. How you doing? Is it okay if I, I send you music? And I was like, Yeah, dude, thank you for asking.
1: But then see, for me, I'd have to disagree with you there only because to me, that's an extra email.
0: Like, uh, okay, it, it, okay. it shouldn't be like,
1: hey, can I send you music? And it's like, yeah, here's the music. It should just be like, here's everything. Or, I guess, if you have a specific email for music, so I have one for music. So, it's like, if you send stuff there, that's purely just for music. Don't email me saying, hey, can I send you music? Or, like, this guy played it. Do you want to play it? Well, no, not really, because clearly I'm second to this person. So no,
0: that's another thing. No, I'm glad you mentioned it because I, I have a friend on KCRW and he goes, I hate when DJs or artists send me music. Oh, so and so plays, play is playing it. And he's like, To your point, yeah, why am I going to play it if it's already being played on this? So don't yeah, mention so that. You're, okay.
1: you're good. Ooh. You're cool. You're fine. Do your thing. No worries. Dude, <laughs> you know?
0: We're getting, I, I love this little section. We're getting some real game on how to get your music out and heard. Yeah,
1: no, completely. And I think e- even having relationships with people, I mean, there's people that have followed me on Instagram or Twitter and engaged with things, you know, because I, Tweet and talk about sneakers, video games, comic books and stuff. And it's people that talk to me, build a friendship. And they say, oh, hey, by the way, I'm also doing some music. Would you mind if I sent it to you? Yeah, of course, please do. And then people tend it. And then I'm more inclined to listen to it. I'm like, this person has made an effort to actually talk to me. Which is nice.
0: Yeah, what, you're do, what you do, like connecting people, building a community, a rapport, and then so it goes from there. So I want to get into the show specifics. Like, I want the nuts and bolts of future beats. But on a typical week of your show, kind of tell me your ritual to get in the zone for the
1: show. Yeah, I mean, uh, on the day or throughout the week?
0: Just, you know, in, in preparation leading up to it.
1: So I s- search SoundCloud 30, 40 minutes every day for music. I take time out to do it. Um, so I normally go make some tea, sit down and search for music, but I get 90% of my music from SoundCloud. Bandcamp as well. I don't, I mean, what can I do with Spotify and Tidal Links? Nothing. And Apple Music Links, I can't download the music I can't unless I buy it, you know. So I search on SoundCloud for everything. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So 30 to 40 minutes a day, or sometimes 40 to 50, I guess, searching for music, going through emails, drinking lots of tea, and also checking out like, loads of space blogs. I mean, that's where I get a lot of my inspiration from when it comes to the artwork. For me, the reason the whole space theme exists for the show is because I love the concept of space. Like, I love the idea of space. As in, the idea of it, I love space. So I thought, how can I talk about space to people without coming across really geeky. If I mix it with the music, I now have people saying, yo, have you seen this NASA thing about this planet? Or, you know, whatever. I'm like, yeah, of course I have. You know, um, which is great because people now talk about space and they love it, you know. So for me, that's a very big part of the show as well. So I'm always looking for photography, for old videos. I mean, there's a whole big thing on YouTube now where people are taking old moon landing videos and making them 4K 60 frames a second so it looks insane so then i'm using them for some of the promo and things like that so yeah it's pretty much it's not something that i do once or twice a week it's something i'm like constant it's yeah it's every it's like a daily thing that i do if that makes sense you know so every day i'm like i have to check music have to do this have to do this and then yeah i think on the sunday well now the show i'm doing on monday at the moment but on sundays i used to do it on a local radio station called Westside 89.6 fm they called west because they're in west london nothing to do with the west coast <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so i do the show on there it was nine to 11 on a sunday night and yeah it was just getting to the studio doing my thing turning all the lights off that's one thing i do i turn all the lights off in the studio you know and i had one of those little um space lights that I project yeah. like yeah i have one of those i turn all the lights off do that and uh Drink some tea and do my show. That's literally it. it's something that I do daily, and everything that I do, I do by myself. There's no team.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think I want to mention the whole spacing because you know, you, uh, you know, you have astronauts, and, and yeah, like that's yeah, a thing. And then you call the your your mem- your followers or friends on the Discord astronauts. Yeah, the astronauts. Yeah. Did this come from like Star Wars or childhood, or is it? Because also you mentioned you're a futurist as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I think that really. I mean, I guess there are two things because, yeah, you're into the space thing. And also the idea of being a futurist, because I think in these current times, in the past like four or five years or just any time in history, you could, some people always kind of write very like dark science fiction, mm-hmm. very dystopian. But you have a very optimistic and hopeful take on the future. Yeah, I mean, think I think
1: that? exploration, whether it's space or even on our planet, it's the best thing, right? I mean, look, here's the thing. Right now, what's going on with COVID? It's horrible. You know, it's so sad what we're dealing with. But I know we'll get through this. We're humans. You know, we have this weird ability to just get through things. We, we will get through it. And when we do, everything's changing. People that worked in big offices and stuff now, they're like, companies are like, oh, you can kind of work from home. It's cool. You can do it. And I think this will carry on, right? So even with things like that, it means people will have more time to do things they enjoy. If they do that, they'll probably be happier people. If they're happier people, they won't be assholes when they're out and about, right? You know, like I know people that have to travel two hours a day to get into work. They don't have to do that now. So they're freeing up four hours of their day by working home and doing what they want to do. So there's little things like that I always look forward to because changes will happen, right? So for me, we can focus on a negative. Yeah, of course we can. But I also want to see the good things that come out of this. You know, like, I mean, look at us as DJs. Yeah, clubs are closing down. You know, things are, it's really bad. However, Twitch streaming has become like a legitimate thing for people now. You know, I've I've done two birthday parties through Twitch. People have booked me to play. And I wouldn't be able to do that otherwise, you know. Um, and also, I think to me, it's just about how we use what we have in front of us, if that makes sense, you know. Like, for me, we could sit there and just complain and moan about things, or we can go out and try to be better people and help each other out as well. Does that make sense? Like,
0: yeah, No, no, I love that. I think what happens is that, maybe it's just my own thinking, is that I could be very cynical. And also, maybe this is a, an American thing. But yeah, our you know, sometimes we could always think the worst is going to happen and we just kind of brace ourselves. But I think especially right now, it's nice to hear anybody talk about optimism because we just don't hear that in any form of media right now.
1: Well, look, I'll I'll tell you something, right? So whenever I talk about this, it always puts a damper on things. So I do apologize now, right? However, I lost my dad when I was 16 and then my younger brother passed when I was 18. So for me having to deal with that, uh, my brother was nine years old. Like my family's probably been through a hell of a lot. But we got through that, and I'm not saying we're okay, we're not okay, but we adapt, we move on, and we try to focus on positive things, and for me, you know, to, to go through that was such a bad place, it was such a bad thing to go through, and I'd seen my mom and my sister deal with things, and the fact we got through that, I feel like we can get through other things, you know, we can, um, and it might be, yeah, it might be hopelessly optimistic, But then I also think to myself, by me being sad and living in the past, that's not going to change anything for the future. I want to look forward towards things and be like, right, what good things are going to come out of this? Because I also believe that we can decide how to feel, not fully, because if you're having a really bad day, you're going to have a bad day. But then you could focus on seeing your friends or seeing your partner or maybe getting an amazing meal or something. We can focus on that, and that can be the driving thing to get us over something negative, if that makes sense
0: is that what you mean when you say you're a futurist in that well not
1: in that sense. I mean just in terms of technology I love that you know like for me just to see where we're going to go technology wise and I mean it's sad that I probably won't be around to see tourists in space and stuff like that because that probably won't happen for a long time but I just like how we're going with things in terms of technology it's amazing for me you know with the rest of the attitude I guess it's just man I guess we just choose to focus on what we want to focus on we could focus on not having gigs and not having radio and this and this, but then I'd much rather focus on, I have more free time to connect with people like yourselves. I mean, look, John, we met purely because of Twitch and radio stuff. You know, that's it. now, look, I'm on your podcast. That's crazy to me. And not only that, all the people in the Discord, shout out to the astronauts, they now listen to John's Twitch stream and other things. And that's amazing to me. And this stuff would not have happened unless we weren't going through what we're going through.
0: You're mentioning this idea of community, and is that something that was kind of ingrained in you when when you started DJing, like, or is it more? I just want to share music and share my talents, or is, was it maybe could have been two things?
1: I mean, for me, I, I never had a community growing up when it comes to music. You know, all my friends, uh, understandably, we were young, going to these bottle service clubs. I mean, one of the first clubs I DJed at was a club called Mayfair Club in the centre of London. And I just thought, you know, Mohammed Al Fayad, no, okay, no. so he, this dude's got paper. He, you know, this store Harrods. Yeah,
0: yeah, Harrods. He owns Harrods,
1: basically. Jeez, yeah. So I, de- I DJed for his daughter's birthday. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jennifer Lopez was there. Uh, cannabis, the rapper, was there, weirdly. And it was really funny because my friend brought cannabis over. And then I'm not even joking. My friend's like, yo, is this guy. And I look at him and I'm like, what well, I know this guy from. It's only when I saw his pendant that it was cannabis. And you're not going to believe what I had, what record was on the turntable. L Cool J, something. Lounge, it. Lounge, about LL Cool J. <laughs> did literally, you play it? I literally was like this. It was, I had the record was on, like paused, and I go, "Oh shit, it's cannabis!" And I let go. <laughs> <And
0: you're laughs> like, "That's what a hit rap song sounds like." By the way, Canada. <laughs> like you wouldn't know about this. So
1: imagine, like, we're like twenty, twenty-one, doing that kind of stuff. So all my friends, they just came with the free alcohol and the celebrities and the women. So not saying they were using me, but we were young. We didn't think of anything, you know. And as I got older, I've now connected with other DJs. Obviously, we formed a community, but it's only been over the last couple of years. So I've never really had that, per se, because being a scratched... Well, I'm not really a scratch DJ anymore, but when I was, the attitude was always, I'm better than you. So I'm not going to fuck with you because I'm better than you, you know. Like, I ain't going to come show you my things, you know. Yeah,
0: that's very right, uh, hip-hop,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so the community aspect, is only really... Uh, over the last, i say, four or five years. Because when I started doing my show, I used to get, at one point, 300 plays a month. I would sit there and individually message like 2,000 of my Facebook friends. Hey, here's my brand new show. Check it out. And it wouldn't even be copy and paste. I would write a personal message to each person. Uh, And then from there, it just, yeah, it just blew up into what it is now. So I love having the community aspect because I just believe that with the internet, we're also connected around the world, even though we're not, next to each other. And it's amazing.
0: Yeah, no, I think it is amazing because, yeah, there's people that I know, like John, who has a daily Twitch in the morning. Like, mm-hmm. there's now a community already, like, going in there and there's, like, certain slang or certain terms or, like, kind of, like, subplots yeah. that are happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it, yeah, it's... If you explain it to somebody that doesn't use internet or is from, like, a... You know, if you explain this to your parents or, like, like what are you talking about? Like, oh, you yeah, know, completely. Like, if,
1: yeah, and then, like, yeah. no, no, this is... I said to mom, I'm going to go upstairs and do my radio show like uh-huh. what do you mean
0: <laughs> yeah exactly or, or it's like telling people oh, how'd you guys meet like oh you met online or you yeah. met on instagram it's like now that's normal for people of our generation yeah, yeah. but at, when i was younger it's like oh be careful they might be you know, well i remember when yeah. internet
1: dating was like we mean internet da- are you that desperate to internet date? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know and now it's just like whatever now you yeah, know
0: now there's people with like four different apps yeah. and yeah. uh I, I'm not going to say his name, but my friend met his girlfriend by setting a different geotag on his dating apps. So now he has a wow. girlfriend, an international girlfriend. It's like going um, really good. good so good. yeah, if, if you were a futurist back in like, you know, the, <coughs> like the start of all this and you explained that, they'd be like, what are you talking about? You
1: yeah, no, I, I just love like, the idea of what tech's going to do for us now. Like for me, it's, I'm super fascinated by what's going to happen. Like machine learning is amazing to me because that's going to take algorithms to a whole new level.
0: Yeah, actually, you know. and I've been using uh, this app. It's a desktop app called Lander, where you basically put up your beats or your edits, and then basically kind of you know it does it, it masters for it, it boosts all the levels. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, yeah, and that's like it's totally AI, and that's something that growing up, like, you have to like, pay somebody, even if yeah. you do somebody, like, how do I go and transfer these files, and yeah. yeah, now it's a lot easier, so I think in that regard, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think things like that are amazing, I think short-term, but there's always going to be something for the human ear and the human touch, there's always going to be, you know, this is why I'm not afraid of algorithms, I'm like, yeah, then fine, go listen to algorithms and stuff, but if you want to, because the thing for me, the reason I don't like algorithms is because it's like, hey, okay, for example, you like Just Plays, I'm going to play you more stuff that sounds like Just Plays, I'm like, But I don't want to hear Just Blaze all the time. I might want to hear The Neptunes or Swiss Beats, or I might want to hear Aerosmith. Like one of my favorite rock songs is uh, Whitesnake, is this love. It's incredible. I love that. But imagine if I just listened to Algorithms, I would never come across that song. So for me, it's always good. Like, you know, with the show, if you ever listen to it, the show is pretty much like, I've just heard this song, you need to hear it. You know, it's like that. that's the whole concept of the show.
0: Yeah, because I I noticed the song that you kind of lead off with, I think there's a reason why every... A radio person starts off their show with a certain song, and it's because it start it has something about it. Was there is there any specific reason why you kind of pick certain songs for the first lead in track?
1: I guess it just depends on what I have more of, because you know sometimes it's a bit more like the trappy stuff. Sometimes it might be more housey stuff. So I kind of want to say this is how we're doing the show. Because the reason I've done that is if you go back and listen to other shows, you can be like, ah, oh, I know what kind of show this one's going to be this is going to be more housey, this is going to be more chill or whatever. So it kind of, without telling people, it's letting them think, okay, I know what this is about.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you, some shows you started with like Dame Funk and other yeah. shows, yeah, it's, uh, or the tracks like- I think that was one of the key. first
1: ones, I think. No, number three or four, I started with Dame Funk. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I was like, oh, this is going to be like West Coast future kind of like funk. Disc, yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. What
1: well, well, now I guess we class as Thundercat and people like that, you know, that, that kind of vibe.
0: Yeah, like a silent say, like, okay,
1: this is how we're going to do it. I'm not going yeah. to say it,
0: but if you're an educated listener, you listen to the show.
1: I'm a big fan of doing things like that, you know, just having, like, kind of showing people a certain thing without telling. Because if I tell people, they're going to be like, ah, whatever. But if you just kind of do things, then people are like, oh, okay, I get it now. That's actually an Easter egg. Not, I've never told that to anyone, by the way. So this is an exclusive you guys are getting. Like, no no one knows that.
0: <clears throat> yeah, the Easter egg thing, I think, is also, uh, you know, doing things without saying I noticed uh, on the Twitch is that you don't show your face. It's just your camera
1: on but, the controller. But you know what? It's actually, there's no reason behind it. Well, the reason is, is because where I've got my turntables, I can't have my face and the, the controller. And I think out of the two, if you have my face, I'm just going to be looking at the screen. Like, why do you want to see that? It doesn't make any sense. So for me, it's like, if you look at my hands, I'm scratching, juggling, pressing buttons. It's a little bit more interesting. So now I have a way of using my phone as an extra webcam so I can do that. But yeah, that was the only reason I have my face on there.
0: You could have lied and just made something cool. But that's <laughs> oh, I, know, I'm, I know.
1: I know. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, it- I'm wanted in 40 cities. You know, I wanted. I'm like, I'm on the run. <laughs> yeah. You could have been like,
0: yeah, it's because of that. And you know, it fits more with the astronaut thing. You can't see my face with the visor. I
1: just can't have the camera on two things. I've only got one webcam. That's literally it.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about the whole learning curve we had to do with uh, in COVID. Cause I think all of a sudden we were just going about a business, learning Ableton in the S9 or whatever we were learning. And then next thing we know, we're like, what's OBS? What's the camera? <laughs> yeah. How do I do it? What's an overlay? Uh, what was your learning curve with all this? Was you kind of thrown to the wolves like we all were? Uh, or well, no, I've okay. been gaming
1: since I was I can remember. So I was always familiar with Twitch. I've always been familiar with it. One of my favorite things is uh, Evo, which is a street fight. well, a, a fighting game tournament that happens every year. It's huge. Even the small competitions before that, they all use Twitch. So I remember when Twitch, was it just in TV before? I think it was called. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh no, it says yes, yeah. So I was always familiar with this, with uh, with Twitch. Um, and the reason I never used it to, to stream, because a lot of my friends, my gamer friends, were like, just go on there. Like You're getting enough listeners. You will get viewers on there. But I, the communities on Twitch are so toxic. And I thought, I don't want to be a part of this.
0: Was it kind of like alt-right, like Reddit, <sighs> incel? Even that,
1: yeah, because some kind of incel stuff, you know. I mean, whenever there was a female... Uh, player or even a transgender person playing games uh they would always say stuff in the chat constantly you know there's an amazing transgender player ricky ortiz now she um pretty much i remember uh before um she i don't want to say the wrong thing i guess came out would that be the right term um i I, i'm not sure what the term is so please forgive me i don't want to you know um before she before she announced announced um you know people would say certain things and when she did come out you know mm-hmm. uh people were always talking shit and i'm like that this is such a brave thing to do the first will be around people like this and then to actually announce what she's going through and what she's going to do and it would just be mean for no reason like why just let her do what she wants to do like what does it matter she's an amazing player let's focus on that you know rather than anything else and that really made me just not want to be part of that community I was like, I, I don't like this at all, you know. And then uh, before Twitch became like the regular thing, I was streaming on Instagram and I had the uh, sound adapter thing. I had that for like three or four years. I was already doing streams on Instagram when I have line in so you wouldn't have bad audio. But there was just no point because it sucked, you know. And it still does suck on Instagram. Uh, it's just that with Instagram, everyone's like, hey, I've got 9,000 followers, so I'm going to have 9,000 viewers. No, you're not.
0: <laughs> you might have hundred for a couple minutes, and then it's twelve people, and then it's zero, and then that's it's, it. And it's just—it's yeah. not
1: the platform for it at all. It really isn't. So, yeah, I wanted to make the move from there. So, what I was doing was initially when I was on Instagram streaming, I didn't want to have the camera on my hand or just me because it's boring. So, I would actually use a tripod and set my camera up against a monitor and have visuals playing. So then I'd have that on this just to make it more interesting for people.
0: Yeah, and also gives like this kind of like kind of grainy optical quality to it. It's it. you kind of yeah, you kind of pick up the lines. It's yeah. yeah. But yeah. what happened
1: but is occasionally the camera would fall, so you'd be like <laughs> on the floor and you'd be pointing at the wall or something, you know. And I I wouldn't realize because I'm DJing. Yeah, <laughs>
0: you know. And you're like, okay, I'm going to just start broadcasting, and and then basically your followers, you kind of build your following. And I, I guess you when you got a new computer, it was like a big deal to your community. Or so. I mean. <laughs> No, cause I because I'm trying to, I'm gonna buy like a Twitch streaming computer in okay. addition to my lap because I want to, you know, do things a little more, um, you know, in a certain way. So it was a big deal for you and your fans when you, yeah, know, no, like, I
1: mean, so when I first got into Twitch, I told people, hey, look, Instagram's gonna keep cutting us off because of copyright. So if you move over to Twitch, I can do a lot more. And people are like, but what's Twitch? I'm like, look, just come over, make an account, it'll be fine. Um, so people came over and started building it. Then I, I was running with two MacBooks, so I had my new MacBook. Which is a 16-inch Pro that I've got, which I was using to stream, and my old 2015 13-inch to DJ from Onsorata Max. I've realised now they're not as good as they used to be at all. Couldn't do nothing but twitch. Like literally, the smallest thing streaming, it would just crap out of me. Shout out to Dark Res uh, Kevin, who's an avid listener, an all-around amazing guy. He was like, "Dude, just build a PC, just get one." Because I know what I'm talking about. Tell me what your budget is, and we'll do it. I'm like, okay, I'll tell you what, you tell me what I should get. And he he made me like an incredible build. Order all the parts. And he was like, look, you can build it. It's fine. Don't worry, you can do it. I'll walk you through it. I'm like, no, 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 I'm a bit nervous. No, it's fine. Because initially, I was going to buy a gaming laptop. And then he was like, no, 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 don't get a laptop. Get a desktop. So order all the parts. And then we basically had like a six-hour Twitch stream where I built the PC on stream. And yeah, it was great. Straight first boot, it worked great. So shout out to Kevin. I'm forever grateful to him. He had the patience of a monk. Like he just sat there and helped me through everything. And yeah, it was great. And ever since then, it's helped out so much with the visuals. I mean, I'm running 4K visuals at 60 frames a second without even any problems at all.
0: I want to ask that because I think it's important for people to know, especially non-DJs, the lengths that we go to just to kind of make sure we're still doing our thing. Like I was thinking like, damn, we started as DJs, audio techs, graphic designers, video editors, promoters, and now we're broadcasters. Uh, we're running like a mini, you know, depending on our decor sensibility, we might be like interior decorators, like making the lights and plants and all that stuff going on. I just kind of think about like the things that all DJs do, just to be like, not, and these are you know, just to be at a base level, not <laughs> even to be, oh, this if I do all these things, I'm going to be you know super rich and famous or whatever but it's like no it's just to kind of keep the playing field level um and building a computer for six hours is like fuck
1: dude like- <laughs> for some of the things i've been doing on my stream i mean one of the most simplest ideas i've had and it just worked great is i just put my phone out my window and we watch the sunset while my show is going on and that's it so the show starts and the sun's up and then you see it go down and if you watch it in a hyperlapse which i've done you can see it go down and the stars come out and that's and people love it. It's something so simple, but it just works. And I've told everyone, like you can do some very cool things, but it just depends on how much time you want to put into things. And I mean, I guess how much is worth it? Because if you're spending money and doing unique things, if no one's listening or viewing, I can see why it can get annoying, but there's so many people I've said to, look, it's better to have a hundred people, that will pay $20 to come see you than a thousand people that won't pay anything. But all I get from people constantly, and I'm saying this to everyone who's listened to this podcast, stop focusing on the numbers. Like seriously, it's fucking stupid. Like it's the most backwards thing I've ever seen. All I ever get to people say to me, Oh, I don't I do want to do my twitch stream because I only had 10 viewers. Who gives a fuck if you had 10 viewers? Like I remember having like, imagine I put my time and effort into doing my future beat show and I'd have 20 listens, 50 listens in a week. You know how that really used to take me back and be like, oh man, this sucks. But then I I remember I put my show on Reddit Right when I first started and people were like, no one cares because this has only got 10 views or 10 listens. That's what people would say. Then other people would be like, yeah. And someone would say, this guy talks too much. So they made a playlist of all the songs on my show and they said under the same thread, hey, I made a playlist of this guy's show with all the songs without him talking. And then I was like, all right, cool. If you're going to keep being like that, I don't care. Keep going. And then that just spurred me on to be like, I'm just going to focus on building the community, building on listeners and connecting with people. Because the great thing about my show, and this sounds very self-serving, so I do apologize, is I feel like people can reach out and talk to me. Like, I'm not, I'm not on a pedestal. I'm not like, hey, look at me. You can't talk to me because I'm this and this. No, I'm like, here's my number. Text me. Call me if you want to. You know what I mean? I'm sure with John as well. Like, I think after two messages, like, John, can I call you? He's like, yeah, cool. Let's, let's just talk on the phone. You know, like, let's just do this because I don't want to be unapproachable. Because I know when you connect with people, they will do way more, like, they'll support you they'll really have your back. And that's the most important thing. And the problem is now people think, like, if I don't have 50 views, 100 views on Twitch, I'm wasting my time. No, you're not. It takes time to build on this. Imagine it's a whole new platform, a whole new thing for people. We're all adapting. Keep going. Everyone can do this, but do not focus on numbers. It doesn't matter. Okay, if after two years, you've still got 10 people, you're doing something wrong. But just keep doing you. The way I started doing Twitch was like, all right, I'll practice and I'll stream my practice sessions. In fact, that's what the early Twitch streams were. I had a video, guy skateboarding, and I was playing 90s hip-hop. I was just practicing cuts and juggles. I was like, if you want to, I'm going to do this anyway you may as well come hang out and even now i think the max people i've had is like 220 but that was like once and that's the most i've had and there's people out there they get three or four five thousands even i'm like i'm not going to compare myself to them because for me it's like look even if i have 50 people that want to watch what i'm doing that's still 50 people that can fill out like a third of a lot of venues you know like imagine you can get 50 people out to your club night that's kind of dope if they're paying 10 15 20 dollars each right if you've got 50 people, half of them will probably sub to you and give you bits. You can make some decent money from that. So stop focusing on getting ridiculous numbers because who cares, man? Like, just do your thing, enjoy what you're doing, and it will work out eventually. But I think people now, they focus far too much on numbers initially. It's like, hey, I'm doing a Twitch stream, I want 500 viewers. Bro, it's not going to happen. Like, it, it's, it's not. It's not.
0: Well, also, I think with the music that we're all into, and the music in particular that you're playing and celebrating, is that it's like it's niche music. It's not you're not playing like the pop hits. But those fifty people that are there every week, they're gonna follow you, and they get so much more value. They contribute to your community. They'll tell other people. And yeah, it's not again, it's not 200 people like just, but it's not 200 people just shouting in the Twitch chat trying to get their links, like you know, trying to put their 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 Twitch chat in bold or just (laughs) spam with emotes. It's like a quality. Like viewership. So, yeah, I
1: mean, having that, I mean, like, obviously, uh, John can say this as well. You know, whenever we say to people in the Discord, hey, check out this person's stream, people will go and check out and support. I noticed people have hit me up saying, yo, check out Stank Palmer's stream. It's amazing. You know, and they're like, yo, complexion. Why are you not listening to this? I'm like, oh, shit, I need to go listen, you know. And this is my viewers telling me this. And that's what I love, you know. And if people focus on that over just getting numbers, I think the career will go way further than that, you know, like, it would definitely be more beneficial than just focus on getting numbers now because numbers don't mean nothing. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I was just talking to John that uh, I just got a a notice, not a notice, but I noticed that I'm at a million plays on my SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Cool. Like I don't really. That I mean, it's like that. It's nice. I I think at a a younger, I was younger, and maybe less cynical about numbers and metrics. I'd be excited. But it's like, dude, that Mm -hmm. isn't that million plays didn't make me any richer. It made SoundCloud guys richer. It made me maybe connect with more friends and sell stuff on Bandcamp. But it's all like very roundabout things. So that million plays, you know.
1: The other thing as well, though, I do say. Celebrate the milestones. I mean, a million plays, there's still a million plays, dude. That's amazing. You know, like, that's still great. But you're right, though. It's like, celebrate and keep it moving. I mean, like, look, for example, this is going to sound very self serving, so I apologize. But when I first got my gold plaque, it was amazing for that day. I was like, all right, cool. Let's move into the next thing now. Great. You know, I've got it. This is incredible. It's something I can show my Asian uncles and aunties. Like, look, this is what I've achieved. You know, it's great. But now it's like, all right, what's next? Let's do it. You know, one of my best friends, a guy called Amir, he engineered Rihanna's last album. He won a Grammy for it. And I would not let this die. I always mention like, yo, my boys won a Grammy. But even he was like, right, I've got the Grammy. Let's move. When's the next one coming? You know, but you have to celebrate the milestones because... It's great to do it because it's an indicator of something, isn't it? You know, a million plays, dude, is still a million plays. That's incredible. You know, like that's amazing. But now we want two million, three million, four, and five. I just say don't let the numbers drive you. Cause I've seen people that are like, Oh, I'm posting this at this time because I want, you know, this many people to see. I'm like, dude, just post what you want to post. You know, I've seen people be like, I'm not posting this because it's gonna ruin the aesthetic of my Instagram thing. I'm like, dude, who cares, man? Just Seriously, it's not that deep. As we said in the UK, it's not that deep, man. It's not. Just keep it moving. It's just numbers.
0: There's something that's kind of been gamified and quantified to kind of keep us like chasing things. When you were talking about plaques, how many plaques do you have? Because we're talking off camera. You have a few, but I, we got If I'm trying to store a complexion, I think this is definitely <laughs> worth
1: it. I would say I have one and a half, I'd say. Okay. I have you- one for something I've worked on. Uh-huh and the second for a project that I did a lot of work on but I wasn't given the props for.
0: Okay, what's the one that you are more uh, I, think oh,
1: way, that, I think that's the way. I think
0: that's the thing you posted on Instagram. I'm a little confused but the thing that you shared on Instagram that you had a plaque for.
1: Oh yeah, so Instagram that was for working with Georgia Smith. I um did the scratches on her debut single Blue Lights. Oh, that um, that was you. Yeah, that was me, yeah.
0: Dude, I always wonder who did those cuts. I was like, man, these cuts are like solid. Like, yo.
1: Here's the thing. Whenever anyone says that to me, I feel like, I don't know, I don't feel like they're being fully honest only because, no, the reason I say that is I did the cuts and they were moved around a little bit. So in my head, they're not the version that I did, like they are, but they're moved around. And I feel like it's lost something by moving, moving around. I have the original scratches. I have them somewhere. So I'll, maybe I'll put them up somewhere and be like, yeah, this is what I actually did. But, um, because I sent the stems over. So imagine it was like 10 or 12 different stems and then they were moved around to kind of fit in. But I feel like they did a really good job with how they moved them. But, I noticed and they just lost kind of some of that love because I pretty much channeled like premier when I did those and you can hear some of it, it's very premier style, you know, and like the sirens, I was like transforming of the sirens at one point. There was actually a different siren I used at one point and the dizzy sample, the dizzy rascal. There was a lot more wordplay with that um, because we used, I used her voice and him saying, you know, I see the sirens come in. But yeah, no, it's really dope what they did. But for me personally, I just felt like something was missing.
0: Bro, my respect for you has like jumped so much. Cause I distinctly I went to go see Georgia Smith, me, and a bunch of people, and they played that song. And I was like, man, British people would just be on some like dope shit. They got some scratching <laughs> on like a big artist single, and it's good scratching. I just picture like, like some ITF type of dude just <laughs> cutting it up and he's just Man, that is, that was you. Those are some dope ass cuts. Thank you,
1: mate. And you know what's crazy is, Uh um, a lot of my listeners in America, when she was performing there, they're filming him. They're like, yo, these are your scratches. And I'm like, that's so dope. man. That people like, you know, her, she's beautiful. She's super talented, but yet they're focused on my part of the song.
0: Yeah. Which is great. We don't hear a lot of like scratches in songs. And also just in general, like just dope, like hip hop scratches. Like, oh, that's for me, I'd be in a scratch guy. I'm like, it's just, it's just nice to hear in songs.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, her manager is a super, super hip hop head. Like he's like, very, very, like, he knows his shit. So when he reached out to me, um, we, we've known each other for a couple of years, so he was just like, look, I want you to do something mad hip hopy, you know? And I think I took, I got that on this on the third take. I think, no, it was the second take. I had one take, and then he was like, can you try this? I said, yeah. And he was like, cool, let's do it. And then I DJed for her. I was a tour DJ for a little while, and then she blew up, and she didn't need a DJ no more. She could afford a band. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> don't we don't really need a DJ. I'm like, I get it that's cool. So you do your thing, you know, but it's it's nice because when she still performs a song, people still say to me, like, it would be dope if you had a DJ there. I'm like, yeah, I know it would be. Yeah, it would be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, would tell, be, it would be very dope to yeah, tell her. they will tell the <laughs> world. Uh, yeah, I guess going to go toward, go do some scratches and stuff. That's so, but look,
1: I'll tell you, man, like I'll tell you some, some story about that. So I literally did that on a uh, one turntable, a autophon blue, uh, Concord needle, And it was my old Technics Turntable Vestax 05 Pro uh, Mixer. And it was an iMac from 2008, 2009, I want to say, all in my bedroom. And that's what I made clear on the post I shared. I was like, look, I did this in my bedroom a year and a half ago. And like, look, please don't think you have to go to a studio. Do this, do this, do this, do this. If you have the equipment, you can do it. And then things will happen from it. But just make sure you do it. Don't make excuses. Like, I didn't overthink it, just did it. And the thing was, I remember when the song first came out, they couldn't clear the Dizzy Rascal sample, I think, which is the, I see the sirens coming, like that part. So they put the video out and didn't have the scratches. And then if you look at the comments in the video, they're like, oh man, the scratches aren't in it. That's the best part. And I was like, oh man, you know, and then I was a bit like, okay, cool, fine. So then when the song came out on SoundCloud, I remember, I was like, at the time, I think I had something like thirty thousand followers in SoundCloud. So I was like, "I'll repost it for you. Give you a bit of a you know a push." Because <laughs> no, no one could okay, just to go back a bit further. So at this point, I was DJing for this grime artist called Bonkers. So I was his tour DJ. They his management actually saw my first Boiler Room set and were like, "Yo, we need this guy as a tour DJ." So I was like, "Cool." So I'm performing for Bonkers at a venue. Uh, I think it's called Oslo. It's in a place called Hackney. And then Georgia Smith and her manager. Well her manager was like, Can we come through? I said, Yeah, come through, meet the industry people, because it was an industry event. Not one person spoke to them. They literally, as we say in the UK, they got palmed off, is what we say. They they, they literally I said, Yo, this is singer called Georgia Smith, this is her manager, blah, blah, blah. People were like, all right, cool, whatever. That was it. I was like, I'm like, all right, look, I'm really sorry, man. You know, like, whatever. And then these same people, when she blew up, were hitting me up. Yo, I had TDE hit me up. TDE hit me up saying, yo, we want to work with Georgia. I'm like, all right, well, what about me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, does this email still work? Does this email still work? Can I hit you up? Can I do something with Kendrick? (laughs) Like, you know, I had people at Nike hit me up. Like, yo, we want to work with Georgia. Can you please put a connection? And the manager literally said, no, 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 it was Puma. Sorry, Puma hit me up. And they were like, yo, we want to work with her. And the manager was like, yeah, we're holding up for Nike. I'm like, but dude, it's Puma. I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, so, um, it was funny to see. And that made me really dislike the industry more than I did already because I know how fickle it is. Like it's the worst thing, you know? So I saw that firsthand, you know, the same people that were like, nah, we don't care. We're like, yo, yo, can we work with her, please? I'm like, listen, talk to the management. Mm-hmm. So, um, The track finally came out and I was like, yeah, I'll repost it for you. Let me give you a bit of a push. Cause I'm thinking I'm big with my 30,000 followers. And then the next morning I wake up, I see Skrillex is talking about it. I see this person, that person, like everyone. It was literally to me, it was like overnight. It just blew up, like just went insane. And then I thought to myself, cool, this is it, man. Like, this is amazing. Georgia's going to blow. It's going to be incredible. And then lo and behold, she worked with Drake, you know, went on tour with Kalani, I think it was.
0: Uh, you know what in the States uh, no she uh, she did a tour with Kali Uchi's uh, I sorry mean, Kali
1: Uchi's yes, yeah, yes and, like, that last
0: was year or yeah last year Yeah, and then yeah no, but she already like toured in the States by herself as a headliner just hurt herself yeah. already a few times yeah
1: and it was amazing to see that you know incredible to see the vision that her manager had to now see what it is it's incredible
0: you yeah know? and then the fact that you're like part of it and the fact that people come to you on some like hey can you kind of be like a gatekeeper and like pass us off to like Artists we should look out for and, and things like that. Um, and it's on your yeah. own terms too, which is so dope. Because I think a lot of DJs, they have this radio show, as they get successful, they now start playing like the industry kind of surrogate. And you're just like,
1: no, nah,
0: I'm still going to do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean,
1: I've, this is why I'm independent. You know, the station I'm on is a local community station. Funnily enough, man, even though the numbers have been very legit, even though my track record, everything else, none of these big stations fuck with me. No one. I, I've literally reached out to all these stations, every single one of them has said no to me. So I was like, I. What that's do you, cool. What are you asking or what are you kind of searching for? And- oh, I mean, at one point it was to have a home for the show because I know that if you're on a station, sometimes immediately just being associated with that radio station like opens doors. Just for example, I'm not saying anything bad about these guys, but like an NTS, for example. If you say you're an NTS, people are like, oh, okay, you're an NTS. But people don't care that I'm getting more plays than people on NTS. They don't care. I've done like four boiler rooms or that I've worked with Georgia Smith or this or this. They don't care. They just want to see NTS or rents or whatever, whatever. So even when I toured around the US, which was in September, I think I did something like 14 dates. I think we sold out 12 of them. And that's me independent by myself. Like, okay, it's not like 500 people. It was like some of them were like 150, 200, or whatever. You know, some, some were even like 100, but it's independent, everything. But people here still won't care about that. So then I thought, I'm not going to care about what you think anymore. Like if I can do this independently by myself in my little community, I will always do it. And this is what I tell everyone else. Not that you don't sell yourself short, but don't try to appeal to someone. Like don't try to be like, I want to get on this show or this person, whatever. If you do it yourself, you know how amazing that is? That you have the power to kind of be like, yo, like my listeners, check this person out, and two or three hundred people will go listen to that person. Or you drop merch and a hundred people will buy your merch at $30, $40 a pop. Do the maths. Like it's all there, man. You know, like you can do that independently. You do not need anyone big to help you do that. Especially in 2020, you don't need that. If I can do it, man, you can do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, tell me about the nuts and bolts about you booking a tour as you know being an underground DJ trying to come to the states. Like, how was that?
1: I mean, so I'm very lucky to have an amazing booker. Uh, it's a guy called Jay from brooklyn he has a company well a crew called in good company and jay reached out to me a while back because people would always say when are you coming to the u.s And i was like yeah soon we'll, we'll figure something out knowing full well wasn't gonna happen so then jay reaches out to me he's like yo listen i'm gonna bring you to the states i'm like hi right, cool bro cool cool story <laughs> and, you know and just whatever and then he messaged me again like yo dude we want to get you out to the u.s like i'm like yeah all right cool whatever man um and then he came to london to do a party he ever booked me or said to me, come out. I met him. We got on straight away. And he was like, right, we're going to make this happen. Um, so then he, I spoke with him. I said, listen, you can be my official US booker. I'm cool with that. You know, you seem like a nice guy. And you seem like you know what you're doing. He said, we want to get out to New York. When I announced I'm going to New York, people in DC wanted to book me. People in Atlanta wanted to book me. And a few other places as well. But this was my first tour, which was in 2017. Yeah, 2017. So I did four dates in New York, one in Atlanta and one in DC. And that was that. That was the first thing. Fast forward to 2019, the show's bigger. I've done more stuff and people are more aware of me and they're like, yo, we want to book you. I'm like, if you want to book me, I up, my boy Jay. So we did my birthday party in New York. We did Boston, Miami, Atlanta, DC I was going to do, but I couldn't make it out. North Carolina, we did Charlotte and Raleigh, San Francisco, Toronto as well. I did Sway in the morning out in New York, which was sick. So yeah, that's all, you know, through Jay and just people reaching out to me. I literally just said, who wants to book me? Do you want to book me, hit up my boy. And then, yeah, we had people. And I had some bookings in LA, but I had to get back to the UK because I was gone for like six weeks. So I couldn't stay out for any longer, you know. But um, yeah, it was great, man. And in fact, uh, just before I came out to New York, I actually, someone reached out to me. I'm not going to say who, they know who they are. Someone reached out to me. And uh, they're a pretty big electronic duo. And they were like, hey, we're going on tour. Do you want to be our opener for us? I was like, yo, this sounds great because I'm a fan of these people. And they turned around to me and I was like, all right, what's the logistics? And they were like, okay, we're going to pay, I think it was something like $200 per gig. And they go, you have to pay for travel. I'm like, wait, hang on. You want me, a London DJ who's already like, okay, without sounding a complete dickhead, I have a bit of a following. Like, I have a a little name. You know, like, I'm not like a no one. You know, so I'm kind of like, you want me to come all the way there and do all these dates for you for $200 a day? Plus, I've got to pay for my own travel and my own hotels and everything else? That doesn't make any sense to me. I was like, okay, well, can we do anything about travel at least? Because in a way, I thought it might be great because their lineup was pretty stoked. Like, it was a sick lineup of dates. You know, they were doing some really big festivals and other things. So I was like, look, if anything, if I did some of these dates, it would help my profile. So much, so maybe, maybe I should. So let me speak to them about travel. They were like, "Oh, well, if you're lucky, sometimes you can maybe jump in the minibus with them. If I'm lucky, I go. You're lucky if I'm going to continue this email anymore." And that was it. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. That's how I signed off. I was like, "No, that was it." Like, I'm like, as you say again, this is in the UK. I'm not a dickhead. You know what I mean, like, like it was just a joke. And then you know, doing stuff for myself, I made way more money than I would have doing stuff with them. I had more dates. I had amazing parties. Like some of my favorite parties were in North Carolina, a place I never thought I'd ever go. Wow. North Carolina, man, you know, like yeah. it was crazy.
0: Yeah, I talked about this on the show is that we always have this kind of thing like, oh man, LA, Miami, New York, those going to be the best parties. And end up being just okay and fine. But like the better times I've had, I've been in Denver, in Tampa, Sacramento with John, like playing at his spots. Okay. So there's something about People in big cities, we are very spoiled to have like four percent. So I think if a level of talent comes to a smaller city, they appreciate it more, and they're like willing to like, yeah, I'm going to stick around and meet this guy and talk to him and things like that. So,
1: well, that's what I did. I mean, most of the times I went to these venues, um, I was outside the club talking to people because there were so many people to talk to, and I was just like, you know, I'm just thank you for making this happen because people were saying to me like, thank you for the show. I'm like, no, no, no. Thank you for listening because if it wasn't for you, this wouldn't exist. This wouldn't be a thing. So I owe everything to the listeners. Like, I mean, I was going to stop doing the show at episode 200. I was like, 200 200 is a nice number to end on. It's great. I'm happy with it. You know, it's a solid way to finish TFBS, which is the future beat show. And I don't know if you've heard episode 200, but I basically asked a lot of listeners to send in a voice note and choose a song and be like, why have you chosen this song? And just talk about the song or a memory you have listened to the song. And the messages, like, man, they still get me to this day. They're incredible. And I thought, this is a perfect way to do it. But then I thought to myself, how can I end it now? You know, like people love this show so much. And this baby's being conceived to the show. And the, I'm not even joking. These babies have been conceived to the show. And when the baby's born, the first thing the baby's heard, apart from the voice of his parents, is the show, which is. Come on, man. Like, one more can I ask for? And like we mentioned earlier, the first day, Jackson and Rowe, they met because of my show and they're married now and Jackson has moved to the US. You know, there's so many stories like that. I've had people say to me that lost parents or partners and the shows help them. The shows help people get back together or get through with life. These people. You know they're really bad places, and they go just you saying to us, "You have got this." It's been enough, and I thought, "How can I stop this? I can't." You know, yeah. yeah or so, how,
0: or how can you sit and dwell on numbers when you have like real important things happening? To this is 30%. it, yeah. That's where this, this
1: is. This is what I mean. This is what I say to people. Like, yeah, numbers are great uh, in terms of if you're doing good numbers, but please don't let that stop you from doing something great because you never know what's going to happen. Look, honestly, like I never thought the show would get to this stage ever. I mean, initially when I did the show. I, oh, I haven't even spoken about this. So, um, when I started listening to this kind of music, I would always DJ a place called Nottingham, which is like three hours away. It's a long-ass drive. So, I'd drive up there, do the gig, drive back home. And then, when you're finishing a big gig, the last thing you want to hear is something really loud and bumping and whatever. You're like, oh, I need something to chill. So, I listened to like uh, film scores. I listened to like Blade Runner, Ocean's Eleven is a great soundtrack, you know, video game things as well. And then I found this guy called Ferris Mueller, right? He's from Australia and he did a couple of remixes of like Donnell Jones and Usher. I was like, this is great. And then I found a couple of other artists as well. And then I came across someone called Esther, which obviously I know you're familiar with. Then I listened to Esther, this guy's insane. And then I I found Selection. I was like, yo, there's a whole label that does this stuff. This is dope. And then I also found a label called Darker Than Wax, representing Singapore. all these kind of people. And I was like, yo, this is amazing. So then I, at the time, was doing a hip-hop show on my radio station. It was every Wednesday. It was called the Midweek Meltdown. It was like a Wednesday turn-up hip-hop show. And then I started playing this Future Beat stuff. And I loved the sound. But then my ex-girlfriend at the time, she was like, don't play this. No one cares about this. It's super chill. It's something you can listen to on the beach. It's not something that anyone's going to like listen to or whatever. And I was just like... Yeah, but I kind of like it you know I, I, really, I really enjoy it so I played it on my show management were like yeah you can't play this on your show anymore I'm like okay fine no problem cool I won't play it no more next week I do it again they're like no seriously you can't play this anymore I'm like oh, okay fine 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 I won't play it I won't play it I promise I won't play it played it again <laughs> <The> next week <laughs> and then what happened was um, they were like okay like seriously we're going to have to get someone else in if you're going to keep doing it I was like alright fine I won't I won't I won't did it again a fourth time I was then putting this show up on SoundCloud then I showed them hey look I'm getting 100, 200 plays. So there's something here. They're like, "All right, I tell you what, you can do this for an hour on your show." I was like, "Great!" I did it for two hours the next week, and then I just, <laughs> I, I, I just uh, kept at it, and that was it. So because I believed in it. If you believe in something, why wouldn't you want to push it?
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's that natural like drive. Like there's something right. It's like instinct.
1: Your instinct. 100, like, yeah. 100. And think about it. It's been five, six years now. Six years doing it. I've toured Asia, America. I've worked with some amazing artists, you know, young and old. I'm talking to you guys. All this is because of this music. Whatever this is, it's because of this. And that's incredible to me. If I say to everyone, if I can do that, a brown Muslim guy from West London can do this there's no reason why anyone can't do what they want to do when it comes to music. Like you can, you just have to build in your community, believe it. I know it sounds so cliche, but believe in yourself. That's what I did. Because like, people were not fucking with this before. They were like, nah, this is too chill. This isn't this, this isn't that. I was like, but I like it. People are going to like it. People will fuck with this.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask, you know, with COVID and you're talking about international travel, did you lose a lot of international gigs? or with? COVID? Oh yeah.
1: I, I, I was supposed to do an East Coast tour in April. That got canceled. I was going to do another cross-US and Canada tour in September. That's been cancelled. One of the guys who does some really big things at Coachella, like really big things, he recently got engaged and his wife-to-be messaged me saying, he's a big fan of your show. Can you come DJ at our wedding? I was like, hell yeah. And then I was just like, Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. (laughs) you know. So that would have been great. That would have been incredible. But yeah, that's not going to happen. Just before COVID, I was going to do an Asia tour. I was going to do Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Shanghai, Tokyo, Osaka, Seoul, and one other place that got canceled as well just before COVID hit. So yeah, I've lost a hell of a lot of stuff. All the momentum I had after my last tour is just kind of gone now.
0: Yeah. Are you at the point where, because I think... You know, when this first started, I was getting a lot of gigs. You know, I had like a festival and wedding gigs and other like big private events.
1: And you can like, say shout out to wedding gigs, man. They pay very well and they they can be very fun.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Like I, they I can be very fun. I've gotten some like wedding gigs off of this. Yeah, like I've, yeah, I had this uh, this one fan. It's like, yo, I listen to your show and I'm a big fan. Yeah. and I was like, oh shit, yeah. The idea that only terrible people get married is such like, you know, people with, like, yo, Jackson and Row they got dope taste and they have a DJ. So it, yeah. yeah, people, people with like dope flavor, would get married to, they fall in love as well. But yeah, I was going to say that at first I was thinking, Oh, this is a rescheduling. And then maybe by August things will kind of like get back to but I, I'm not seeing that. So are you seeing a rescheduling or just like those things are gone? No. And- so
1: in, in London, well, with the tours, I've just rescheduled everything. I've said, look, I don't think I'm touring in 2020. I've said already, I think it's going to be 2021. Uh, I'm next going to be talking. I think there's no point trying to work things out because these things take time um, to organize. You know, especially like Jay does such a great job, man. Like, shout out to Jay one more time, man. He's amazing. Uh, oh, and Jeff as well. Sorry. Jay and Jeff, both of them. Shout out to Ingo Company. They done such a great job logistically last time. You know, they filled out my time perfectly. I had a week in Miami, a week in San Francisco to chill. Um, and in between, it was just amazing. So, but it takes a lot of time. And I can't just turn around and be like, hey guys, we're gonna do it now. But also, my mom's 65, man. Like, the reason I'm at home with her because I wanna take care of her, I don't wanna risk her getting anything just because I'm like, hey, I need to go out to a club. Like, my mom's health and life is way more important than that. So, I'd much rather wait until things really calm down before I can go back out again. So, yeah, as far as I'm aware, man, I'm not DJing in 2020. Like, if anything, maybe Christmas time maybe if i'm lucky yeah
0: yeah i'm I'm the same way too like i've just you know it's a it's a wash for me like i'm not even thinking about it yeah it just comes Uh, to terms
1: so i mean the great thing is is um i've realized how much money i was wasting on things before (laughs) that's true yeah yeah yeah. you know so it's definitely made me realize that i can live off of like less money but also the great thing is is um like with Twitch, I'm getting some oh, some pretty good money from subs at the moment. Like It's not something I can live off, but it's something that's adding to things. And you know, one of the things I did a few years ago was, I mean, I've never really lived paycheck to paycheck. There was one point, but I've always tried to save because with DJing, you know how it is. Things can be great and everything can drop off. So for the last three or four years, I just made sure I really saved. So I'm good in that sense. So I can keep going, but I know not everyone has that option. To do that. But I've also said to people, hey, if you need to work, go find a part-time job somewhere. I mean do it. If it's Amazon or Uber, whatever, just do it, man. Like, do we need to do survive? Like no one's gonna judge you. No one's gonna do anything like that. Just do what you need to 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 get by for the moment. And yeah, like I said, man, I think it's a wash for 2020. I mean, there's a venue that I DJ at. Um, so July fourth in the UK is when all the pubs and bars can open again. However, it's gonna have to be outside. It's going to be like less capacity. And there's a venue I DJ at. It's a rooftop venue. They're allowed to open and have DJs. So they've said, hey, do you want to come play? But because the company looks after so many DJs, it's going to be like once a month and we're going to be on reduced pay. So now I'm kind of thinking, is it even worth going all that way, being around other people for like less money, I'd much rather stay home and focus on something else. I mean, I've still got a bunch of sneakers to sell. You know, I've still got to do, still got to do that, man. So I, I say to everyone, like, please don't just jump back onto it if you can. If you have the opportunity, don't. Because as we've seen in America, cases are still surging.
0: Oh, I think as of this recording, we reached uh, 50,000 cases a day. It is insane. That's
1: insane. insane.
0: I, I, John, if you could verify that. But yeah, I thought I was reading like 50,000 total. Like, oh, that's not, I was like, oh, this is just for this week. Yeah, it's. I. that's a whole yeah. other thing about this arrogance, the stupidity and this doubt that people have with science. And it, yeah, it just, it makes my head spin. Luckily here in yeah. San Francisco, it is pretty, con- not contained, but you know, relatively speaking, to other parts of the country, but um, well,
1: I yeah. have a, a good friend that lives in um, uh, San Carlos.
0: Oh yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, that's where my parents live. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah around there. Um, so he's been filling me in about what it's like there. So yeah, I think pretty much the West Coast. You guys are like okay, well, San Francisco, anyway. You guys have got it kind of contained to a degree, but we both know things are going to happen further down the line, man. And it's just sad to me that there's so many people that are like, I am wearing a mask. Uh, I know. Dude, what do you mean? So I tweeted (laughs) out some people that follow me and I follow, they were like, I am wearing a mask. I am listening to what this person tells me. And I was like, all right, look, if you don't don't want to wear a mask, that's fine, but have some empathy and wear it for other people. Uh Because some people like me, we have elderly parents. You know, I mean, it's, a lot of us. Hopefully, do have elderly parents, you know, and just imagine it's because someone is like, "Hey, I don't wear a mask." If you end up catching something and giving it to your parents, that sucks, man. That's really, really bad, you know. Yeah, so
0: yeah. I, I stopped visiting my parents altogether, and like we're very close, okay. and they live mm-hmm. like twenty minutes, and I'll like, I'll see them from the driveway. I'll say hello. I'll bring them a little something. Yeah. but yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to prove a point or be brave yeah. or anything like that. So
1: yeah, yeah. And, and what's what's great, man, as well as we're doing with podcasts like this, is we're recording these. In this state at the moment so hopefully in six months time a year's time we can look back and be like damn things were really that bad yeah and now we're okay i'm hoping that's what will happen
0: well that know? kind of goes back to you being the, the optimistic and and also in this time we also you know hunker down and like learned a bunch of things connected with new things and like you with twitch and also you know your discord like i was looking at your discord uh, earlier dude you have this like mini like like media site. Like you have the music and you have the memes, you have sneakers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I said this to the guys on Discord, man. I'm like, Discord now is my favorite social media platform. It's amazing. And the thing is, it's not me. I say this, but they don't listen to me, but it's the community. It's all them. I've not done anything. All I've done is just had a safe space for everyone you know with me i know what it's like to be racially profiled and abused and amongst other things and i i mean i'll never fully understand but you know my female friends tell me constantly how horrible it is for them just navigating through life um and i've always wanted to try to make sure we have a safe space for everyone you know for every single person and i think the people that listen to the show they all have the similar mindset and it's great. It's like if you put people like that in one place, we're all going to get on. We're all going to talk, and we're all going to be cool. So we're actually planning a tour, a trip to Miami next year, twenty twenty one. Yeah, so it's going to be all. It's going to be all the TFPS crew. We're going to go and just have some fun and chill out. And yeah, it's amazing that people. There's some people who are on Discord now that didn't even know what Twitch was. They're like, what do you mean? What's Twitch? Where's what this thing? And now I see them every day. Like, yo, what's going on in Discord and things like that? So it's amazing. And I, again, like I said, it's not me. It's the community. I'm very lucky. To have that community because I've seen people way bigger than me who don't even have a community like that at all, you know. So I'm so lucky, you know. They're so supportive, they're so amazing, and they're the people that drive me to keep doing the show and keep going, you know, to keep doing this.
0: Yeah, I I think that's the whole thing I was really impressed about because talking to John and looking at other, you know, discords, they just, you know, kind of were these kind of like fan sites, people just like talking about the person and, or the group, while yours yeah. is like this total, the conversation goes both ways. It's not just one way. It's everybody talking to each other. And, and it's, yeah, I, I love seeing that. It's almost like these are just like a new underground and new safe spaces. And they're totally meant out of, you know, just good, good intent, like well-meaning intention.
1: No, this is it. And this is, goes back to what I was saying earlier, where I've never wanted to be put on a pedestal with people. Like I've never wanted to, like whenever I go to a venue, I never wanted to be like, I'm going to go sit in the green room. And I'm just gonna chill and not talk to anyone, you know. Like like I said, when I was touring around the US, anyone that was there can attest to this. I pretty much was outside the venue talking to people for for most of this, the sets, you know. Like I'd get to the club very early and I'd be outside talking to people, you know, people like, can't take a picture of you. I'm like, yo, come take a let me take a picture of you with me. You know, like I want to keep this memory, you know, like that's what I want to do. So um, I've always tried to make it like that because I just don't think the other way is it is no point. You know, why would I wanna why would I not want to connect with people? Can you imagine if, like, I come to the US and I'm like, say, for example, I'm in San Francisco for my first time ever, and I get to the venue just before my set. I go to the green room, I drink, I do my set, and then I go. Just imagine, like, how, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, like, why would you not want to connect with people? Some people had driven for four or five hours to come see me. You know, some people, some people had to like work the next day or do something else, and they don't know we wanted to come and see you. I'm like thank you for doing that. You know, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: yeah I was going to say also that connection is, um, is you can't, it's like priceless and you're going to remember that more than just like, yeah, I'm a cool guy in a shitty green room. Most green rooms are kind of <laughs> shitty, so they're not that great. So what's gonna... the point, man? Yeah, this is what I mean. There's no
1: <laughs> point, man. So for me, it's just like, yeah, if I connect with people, I can form a friendship. Um, then we're, we're all going to do, you know, we're all going to just be in better places, you know? And I mean, the thing for me is, is um. So my dad, he was like an army man. He spoke like nine languages. Like when he came to the UK, he like helped out a lot of people uh, in our community because he spoke and wrote perfect English and a lot of people around here didn't. So people still to this day, like he's he passed away in 96. So imagine still to this day, people come up to me and talk about my dad um, because he left that much of an impression on people. And my goal is to do the same for other people. Like I'd love to be able to leave an impression, be like, you know what? Like, that that dude helped us with this or this when I'm long gone I'd love for people to still talk about me because uh, you know losing my brother at such a young age it makes you realize that life is so fleeting it's so short that we nothing is guaranteed um and I just love to leave an impression so people would be like you know what he helped me through this or the show helped me with this or this connection did this for me that's what I want to do because that's, that's way more important to me than having 20,000 Instagram followers. Like, what's that going to do for me? Nothing,
0: yeah. you know? I like how you kind of like tying this all up why you do this. Because yeah, I, I could sense that you have a higher purpose and a better reason to do music and, you know, reach out to community. But knowing yeah. that it's to kind of honor a legacy of somebody and not just to honor it to a legacy but to create your own and leave something. That that's what I want to is-
1: do. I want, I want to leave something. That's what I love to do. You know, like how we still appreciate music from artists that aren't here anymore. You know, like I'm not trying to say i'm on that level but i mean just having like the future beat show i hope people can listen to it long when i'm gone and now these kids that are being born listening to this i hope in five ten years time you'll be like oh my, my parents used to listen to this you know like that'd be, that's so crazy to me that'd be amazing you know and also each episode is pretty much indicative of a point in my life as well you know like i can listen to the episode and be like i remember this episode because i was going through this or this had happened or that had happened you know and that's great to me so if if i can do that and i can connect with people and i can leave something and i can also show people hey you don't have to be the best dj you don't have to be the most famous or the most rich or anything you can make a difference from your bedroom as we all are now on twitch and things like that we can make a difference and we can change people's lives and if we can change people's lives surely that's the best thing about this right
0: Dude, I love that. I love the philosophy of, of complexion, man. I, Thank you, know, you man. This is exactly what I was hoping I would get talking to you. Is that it's not just about like future you know beat music in space is like okay, there's a bigger picture and a bigger purpose out this and it, there's more to it and I'm glad you were able to connect it, man. I appreciate it. And then I would like to ask our guests in <clears> this show, if there's like one song to kind of get you going and motivated. For the day, whatever you got to do is what. What's a tune for you right now that just gets you? I don't know. Post your okay,
1: so uh, that is a great question, and for me, there's never going to be just one song. Uh, so, l- like you phrase it, which is perfect, is right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so for me, what I'm going to do, I'm going to let's have a quick look actually on Spotify what I've been listening to because so the new Thai dollar sign is pretty dope.
0: Oh, with, that with, just
1: came with out. Kanye, uh-huh. yeah, ego death. That's actually kind of dope. I do like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it has it has that fade kind of vibe to it. Oh,
0: that like kind of housey?
1: Yeah, okay. but it's very dope. though. So for me, I'm gonna say right now what's been on nonstop uh, play is uh, Thundercat. Show you the way. Nice, dude. Yeah, that's that's incredible. The song. I mean, the features. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. You know. I mean, like oh Michael Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins. Mm-hmm. Come on, you know. And have you seen the video, Bunny Jones? I th- Ooh,
0: I make mean, that song has been out for a little while, right? It has, it has yeah, been for a yeah. little while. So I mean, here's the thing, right?
1: Yeah, I'm really, I'm sorry to say this and I know a lot of people are going to be like, yo, we were really fucking with Complexion to this last part when you said this. So, <laughs> so I do apologize, but um, when Thundercat first came out, everyone was making such a big fuss of him with the Drunk album. Uh-huh. And I was like, I ain't going to listen to this because everyone thinks it's good. You know, it kind of, it becomes a thing where everyone likes it so much that I'm like, I'm already past it because everyone likes it. Uh-huh. Does that
0: make sense? Yeah, I don't I, I, do yeah, I
1: don't know if that's a DJ thing or not. So um, when he dropped his latest album,
0: uh-huh.
1: I was like, oh, I'll check it out. I was like, yo, this is amazing.
0: Yeah, This is mm-hmm.
1: insane. And then I actually rang up my friend. I was like, yo, why the fuck did you not tell me about Thundercat? Uh-huh. He's like, dude, I did. I told you. I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> you know? So then I went back and listened to his d- drunk album and I was just blown away. I was like, this is quite possibly the best thing I've ever heard in such a long time. And if you haven't seen the video, Please go watch the video. It's incredible. And there's one part on it, which is not going to make sense when I talk about it, but it will when you watch the video. The main dude is like, he goes to a wellness clinic and this guy slaps his head or this like, junk comes out of his head, like this black goo. And it's such a great symbol just for how things can pull us down and draw us down and make us feel really shitty. You have to watch the whole thing to fully understand. And I think you have to watch the video before to make sense of the story but please watch the video. It's so good. It made me, it put me in such a good place. And every morning uh, I listen to it pretty much every day. Like wow. it's, it's incredible. It's such an amazing song, man. And I love, who doesn't like Thundercat? Well, I didn't yeah. before. But.
0: No, I, I've gotten into him a lot and I've seen him a couple of times and I like how his music, I thought it was kind of a little more um, like free jazzy and kind of more, I don't know, left of center, but now yeah. he sings more and it's more like R&B and funk. and things. I'm like, yo, yeah. this is dope. Yeah, and Them Changes was like a record that everyone played in the DJ set.
1: Well, I think it was Them Changes. That's the, yeah. the video before. If you watch that video and then you watch uh, the second video, it will make sense. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I think that's what it is. But yeah, the video is incredible. So that song at the moment, every morning, I'm listening to it. When I'm working out, when I'm stretching, I listen to it. When I meditate, I listen to that beforehand. Sure. Um, it's it's just an incredible song.
0: Thank you so much, Brad right Oh man. Well, I think we're gonna, we're gonna wrap it up right here. So thank you so much for your nice. time. Uh our boy John's gonna have a a good time editing this all together.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, man. Like I know this probably uh, I feel for the editor because I do everything myself. My, th- you know.
0: No, no, this is no, this is awesome. Like it it no, this is actually like I was saying earlier, like I I think when I do these podcasts, like I'm kind of scratching and sniffing around for like this. This feeling or this or note or the sense. And sometimes I am able to get that out of guess and sometimes I don't. But with you, I got that and more. Because honestly, it's really dope again to hear like someone optimistic in these times, dude. Especially someone I just met. Like, I think that's so fucking rad. Like, it's. I mean, it's for rad. me, like
1: I said, man, we, we could choose to be really upset about things, but what's that gonna change? Nothing. You know, and, and the, the thing is as well. I'm not responsible for the community, but imagine if I turn to my community and be like, guys, you know, like this is really bad, what we're gonna do? They're gonna be like, dude, what do you mean? You know, like you, you have to be positive and lead by example. That's how I feel. Like, that doesn't mean, just to make it very clear, that doesn't mean I don't have my bad days. I have my bad days just like everyone else does. Um, it's just I've got slightly better at dealing with them. Sometimes the way to deal with my bad days is by helping other people. Dude, I love that man. I love
0: that. Right on, man. So on that now, opening set. Thank you so much, complexion. You can find him on the Future Beach Show. Find him wherever good music is being shared.
1: Guys, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Listen, John, I appreciate you, man. Thank you just for being a dope part of the community. Thank you for doing great Twitch stream. And uh, you know, I appreciate both of you for taking the time out to do something, having me on here. And anyone that's listening, I hope you feel like you can do what you need to do. And if you don't, reach out to me. I'm always up, my DMs are open. I'd love to have a conversation if you need it, but you got this, I believe in you.
0: Thank you, man. And we'll see you uh, on, on Twitch in a little bit then, my man.
1: hundred percent. And hopefully 2021, man, we'll be in the same lineup. Fingers yeah.
0: crossed. Yeah, for real. Thank you so much for that, man.